welcome to this DerivSource podcast. I'm Julia Schieffer, the founder and editor of DerivSource.com. In the last year or so at DerivSource, we have explained what smart contracts are, how blockchain technology operates, and more recently, how this new technology can be used for the post-trade processing of credit default swaps. In this podcast, we're exploring blockchain again and specifically looking at the applicability to the bilateral OTC derivative space. We do so with the help of Johan Palichata of BNP Paribas Security Services. If you want to know how blockchain is currently used for OTC derivatives and how this technology may impact how the bilateral OTC space evolves in the future, please listen in. Johan, can you tell us first a little bit about yourself and your role at BNP Paribas? Of course. Hi, Julia. And first, thank you very much for inviting me to this uh, podcast. So my name is Johan Palichata. I work for uh, BNP Paribas Security Services, and my background is in product development, building uh, new uh, products uh, for the bank. I discovered blockchain and Bitcoin in 2011, and since that time in the bank, We've been looking at it, at how we can impact our business and how we can create opportunities thanks to it. And since the beginning, we have been looking at not the currency part, which is obviously of great interest, but we've mainly looked at how the technology of blockchain and Bitcoin can be used in the market. Well, you know, blockchain's really in vogue right now, but you obviously have some history with it since 2011. So that's great to tell us a little bit about how bilateral OTC derivatives is already using blockchain. I mean, is this use in place already? I think what we've seen so far is a number of proof of concept or even some initiatives to create derivatives that will be recorded or trading on the blockchain. However, so far, it's only limited to very, it's a niche initiative. It's not widely used either by the sell side and the buy side and by established actors. But I would like, I think, first to say a few words about why I think it's a great opportunity for derivative markets to use technology such as blockchain. And in a way, I think if we summarize in in two very simple concepts why we all talk about this, uh, I think the first thing is open source. And it's uh, the rise of open source software to run finance. And the second thing, which is the concept behind blockchain, it's a new way to operate in those markets. And I think this is the two things, the fundamental things we need to get to understand why blockchain is so widely discussed today. And when you look at a more detailed way of what impact it can have on the market and specifically on the derivative market, I think if you implement blockchain in its purest form, it is a new type of marketplace. It's a new platform on which issuers can meet investors, on which the buy side can meet the sell side. And if you look at it at a very high level, this is what it is about. Technologically speaking, 
I think it has really the characteristics of what a marketplace can do. Because by installing a blockchain, by implementing a blockchain, you get the possibility to record ownership, to send instructions for payments or for trading, and you get as well the possibility to clear and settle transactions. It's a very well-integrated marketplace, blockchains. You mentioned open source and how blockchain could be useful in terms of connecting counterparties. Do you see blockchain really being useful for the bilateral OTC derivatives trading space in particular? This is a very interesting question. And uh, when you think about this marketplace concept, I think there are two ways to implement a marketplace. And just let's think about a completely different area. Let's think about uh, what's happening on the Internet for retail. You have two marketplaces when you look at it. You Internet created eBay which is very much a centralized marketplace where you centralize orders, you centralize even risk, but it also created a Craigslist. And Craigslist is very much a bilateral and a OTC. And the real question to me is what model blockchain promotes? Will it create the equivalent of eBay or will it create the equivalent of Craigslist? I think that's the fundamental question that we need to ask ourselves when we analyze what blockchain can do for derivatives. Does that make sense, Julia? Yes, it does. But I'm wondering with you know these two examples that you just kindly provided, is one better than the other for reviving or for increasing the success of OTC derivatives bilateral trading? Or do you think both are potentially useful? That's a good point. So when we had a look at blockchain and the derivative market, I think the first conclusion we had is that it seems very far from fitting the structure and the trends of the derivative market. And let me give you some examples. I think blockchain, for instance, is very efficient for immediate payments. And when you look at derivatives, I mean, in derivative contracts, most payments are deferred. So here it's a huge mismatch. As well, when you look at blockchain, as it's implemented today, in most cases, it's mainly bilateral contracts that you you do on blockchain between two counterparties. Here it fits really the OTC model, but in the derivative space, we see today in in the derivative world more and more exchange-traded instruments. So the trend here is different with blockchain and if blockchain is implemented. In blockchain as well, when you look at blockchain, so far you process gross payments. There's no netting and you have no CCP. In difference to derivatives that today tend to be clear in CCP and with the centralization of the risk. And last but not least, I think it's of great interest when you actually work on a derivative project using blockchain is that on the blockchain transactions are public and the real privacy system on blockchain is yet to be designed. And when you look at the needs of people trading derivatives, whether they sell them or they buy them, they don't want to show their economic exposure to competitors or counterparties. This isn't acceptable to them. And therefore, it will be for blockchain to be implemented in derivative, I think a greater privacy system is yet to be designed. 
what I usually use as an image is that today, when you are a user of a blockchain, it's like being Superman. When you do something on a blockchain, you're Superman. Nobody knows who you are. People don't know your Clark Kent, but they know you're doing something under the name of Superman. And that, I think, is very efficient for the use case we have now on blockchain. But for derivative, it will not be sufficient. Well, that's the first time Superman's been mentioned in a derivative source podcast. You've alluded to one of the questions that I was going to ask anyway about the challenges in the industry for OTC derivatives implementing blockchain, you know, and the openness of blockchain is clearly something that, as you pointed out, is something that the bilateral OTC trading industry isn't necessarily accustomed to. Asking a general question, as you work through this in terms of implementing or looking at the availability and accessibility of blockchain for OTC derivatives, whether it's trading or processing, what are really the biggest challenges that you think the industry faces um, going forward? We discussed some of the, the obstacles. For instance, the privacy, the fact that payments are immediate on the blockchain and derivative it's more deferred. But I think that's very technical questions. I think culturally, what our experience tells about working on blockchain, because it's a very new topic, what I tend to say is a uh, Blockchain are from Mars, and bankers and derivative uh, traders are from Venus. They're very far apart, and culturally from background, and therefore a real obstacle for blockchain to be implemented in the world as we know it is for those people to meet in the same planet, maybe Earth. It means that they need to understand each other, they need to understand the basic of the business of the other. And that's a great challenge due to the fact that blockchain people and finance people come from very different worlds. And is there a way to kind of bridge these two worlds? Obviously, the financial industry is very much focused on blockchain and investing heavily into this technology. But as you pointed out, culturally, they're quite different and quite far apart in their focus in history. Is there something that needs to take place to really bridge these two worlds together? Yes. If I may talk about the solution we found at BNP Paribas to overcome this, that we organize events that we call these hackathons. It's basically two days during which we put together more than 10 world experts on blockchain. We bring our top people experts on our topics, we bring our clients, and we bring some facilitators. And during the first day, they get to know each other. They discuss about what they do, about their challenges, about what they would like to achieve. And during the second day, in team, they define new business models. And for those business models, they build pilot projects. And at the end of these events, we have built teams. And we have basic ideas that we can accelerate after that. So that's the way we have been implemented in our bank, organizing these hackathons to facilitate the emergence of ideas. And building teams and having pilot projects that address the needs of business people and our clients. 
And when you're speaking to people who might be new to blockchain technology and in the OTC derivative space, what are the benefits that you highlight to them about using this technology? Okay, I think one of the biggest benefits is clearly the sense that you've got a marketplace, a very well vertically integrated marketplace. What does that mean in more detail? It means, for instance, operationally speaking, in terms of process, you have a standardization in contracts in computer language so that you can enable an automated execution, enforcement, everything around that is called today smart contracts. That's the first part. You've got as well golden copy for every one of contracts and a single indisputable source of trust. And I think that's very important when you look at uh, all the processes in derivatives to have this, uh, this golden copy. So very useful when you actually experience a blockchain to see the real-time propagation of, of the status. That really simplifies reconciliations. And as well, it's very transparent. It creates a pool of market participants, potentially enabling some type of price discovery over the blockchain when you think about trading on the blockchain. And this last point about transparency is very much related to the emergence of this marketplace, this blockchain marketplace. Well, my last question then kind of ties off of that, Johan, and really looking forward, how do you think that the use of blockchain in the ways that you've just described will really change the OTC market in the next couple of years? Do you have any kind of predictions you want to share with our audience? It's very hard to make predictions. I would like to stress that blockchain is so new. It's literally, Bitcoin is six years old, seven now. The use of blockchain for something else than digital currency, it's 2013. I remember seeing the code in 2013 that enabled at the time something else than currency to be exchanged digitally on the blockchain. So it's actually so new that it's very hard to make prediction and that the market and everyone is trying to figure out what it really means for the business. And there's a great deal of uncertainty on many, many, many things. Today with you, Julia, we mainly discussed the use of blockchain for trading, for settlement, really as a marketplace. I think this is really what it creates blockchain in its purest form. However, you've got potential as well in using blockchain for other things. For instance, let me give you an example. When you think about cash payment or trade finance, international trades, it might happen that biggest benefits of blockchain are not with the payments themselves, but with the management of the documentation that goes alongside the actual cash payment. And therefore, I think when you're looking at a blockchain for derivatives and OTC trading, one must remember that it can impact the core functionality and it might be where the opportunity is, but it might also be alongside it on cumbersome processes that can be facilitated using blockchain. So that will be the, the second angle at which you can look to discover the potential of blockchain. Does that make sense? Those two uh, very different approach on the use of blockchain in finance. 
No, I think that does make perfect sense. And I think it proves, as you pointed out very early on, is that there's opportunity in this, but collaboration as you're facilitating yourself at BNP Paribas needs to take place in order for the different worlds to come together and suss out how this technology can be harnessed for multiple purposes beyond what's really known at this stage. So thank you very much. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation about blockchain and OTC derivatives today. Thank you for joining us in this DerivSource podcast. Thank you very much, Julia. Thank you to Johan Polichata for sharing his views and expertise with us today. If you would like to find more information on this topic, we will include some relevant links in our podcast show notes page on DerivSource.com. But also do let us know your thoughts on this topic or other topics that you'd like us to cover in the coming months on this podcast. You can get in touch by commenting on the podcast show notes page or by sending us an email at editor at derivesource.com. Thank you for tuning in.